Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Bears, 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 bears. Football, football, football. You know what? I'd like to say you're wrong, Molly, but you're not wrong very often. David Haw. That was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to get an answer just as good. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score. Craig Goldstein, the uh, editor-in-chief of Baseball Prospectus, Mr. Picota. I think it's of great value, the work you guys do projecting where these teams are going to be. Well, well thank you, yeah. And and I, I also, I, I think I said this after the guys over on the Cubs side of things had some comments about Pakoda, but like, I think David Ross said, you know, it doesn't matter to them. Projection systems have started to come out and they, they're saying Cubs are on 77, 78 wins. What, is, what does that mean to you? Nothing. I mean, I'd love <laughs> to answer that in some cool way, but I doesn't. Yeah. It shouldn't matter to them. They're on the field. They're tasked with, with winning games and what we anticipate, what our expectations, they should always be seeking to defy them, right? Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. Someone told me that we're projected to be under 500. So that's pretty good because we were 500 last year with a team. So I like our chances to be better than their projections this year. On 670, the score. Hopefully we make sure they're not correct again, but definitely on the way higher side than whatever they have. Let's go. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. He's a plain-spoken man, Lance Lynn, and uh, he's going to tell you what he thinks, Mr. David. How are you, buddy? Morning, Molly. Happy Tuesday. Yeah, I love this idea about the White Sox leaning into their mediocrity last year and using that as motivation for this season. It's like, you know, we're not. We're not. You know, that team, we're, we're motivated by the fact that, you know, we could have been so much better. So let's let's use that as one of our reasons for optimism this year. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, you know, maybe it's me. Maybe I've got the bad attitude, uh, David. But I, I don't I, – I, you know, I like those things because it's a place to start and it's a fun thing to consider. But I don't – I don't – number one – it doesn't offend me. And number two, I like, I don't go back and they were wrong. How could you be wrong? I'm not like, you know, Travis Kelsey. They were wrong because we underachieved. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, if, if the team does well, I don't want bring them, flog them publicly. <laughs> we have the same talent that didn't live up to potential as last year. And we could, this is the year we're going to do it, though. Okay. But I do. I think yeah. if it's motivation, it's That's motivation. Great. It's we, great. You need to find that edge. You need to find that chip on your shoulder. And speaking of, 
the guy who defines that every moment he's on the basketball court, it's coming home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I love that they got um, a tough kind of, you know, tough as nails minded guard. You know, there's a guy, not only is he going to win, he's going to win the fight afterward, right? <laughs> he is this guy. You want to talk about Chicago tough. Uh, uh, yeah. Patrick Pat Beverly, Beverly is hard he, as nails. He epitomizes Chicago tough. Yeah. He is going to make the Bulls more interesting, ideally more engaging, more compelling. I don't know if he's going to make them a, a playoff team. No. I don't think he's going no. to make that big of a difference. Let's be honest here. I stand by what I said at the end of the show yesterday. This is a team that in the final 23 games is very hard for me to envision them changing much about their direction. This makes them more interesting to watch. I don't know what what to expect more than that. Yeah, well, you you didn't want them signing anybody. I know, I said that. You wanted them it, to kind of just I, – I, I don't think you said you wanted the franchise to go defunct, but there was an element I did that, not. Didn't you? Want I did that? not recommend tanking. I did not do anything that you you're kinda suggesting. You kind of recommended tanking. no. I you, said you did it cautiously, but you basically said okay. don't sign anybody, don't get better, whatever you do. I said that if I were to choose, as we were speaking there yesterday at around 945-ish, that if I had to choose between signing somebody on the buyout market and seeing where that takes the Bulls over the final 23 games, or standing pat, which is AK's favorite thing to do with the trade deadline, and giving guys like Dale and Terry – increased minutes and giving guys like Patrick Williams increased opportunity to be aggressive and to find his way, I would choose the latter. And I still would have chosen the latter. This is going to be fascinating. I'm not going to say it's a bad idea. Nothing about this is wrong because it's a gamble. And it could work out great for the Bulls. They could sneak into the playoffs and then what. But I like the idea of Patrick Beverly checking that box on his career goal list. Yeah. I love the idea. You know, I love the homecoming concept. Of course. It's Even a if wonderful it's, story. It's a 23-game chemistry experiment. Yeah. That's what it is. But, I mean, the thing about Patrick Beverly is, like, if you need a guy to kind of get people by the scruff of the neck, that's the right guy. I mean, that's the guy that's going to be, you know, he he's capable of standing up to any veteran, anybody with any – I mean, he's just – any guy he's, with the max contract? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay. He's a tough, hard-nosed guy that is going to be – that's his style of leadership uh, as well as the way that he gets thrown out of games. I mean, he's just going to – he's he's going to – you know, he's a bulldog. He's going to go after people. He's had a lot of moments through the years and even this season, but my favorite one lately is after the game where LeBron threw the tantrum yeah. on the floor. Yeah. He, he got a, a, a camera – from one of the photographers, and he brought it over to the official to see, look, you missed this call. It's great. And then I think he was ejected for that. He gets ejected, yeah, he gets for, ejected all the time. Is that, for dirty looks. Yeah. So this is a guy, though, walk into the Bulls locker room, and everybody knows what to expect. Oh, I mean, And everybody kind of sits up a little straighter, right? Because I, I, you're wondering what's going to happen. He's he you, you should fear him. I mean, because he's capable of, of you know – of anything. I mean, he's done some wild stuff. I got a lot of time for him because, as I said, he's, he, you know, I don't think Patrick Beverly has succeeded in his NBA career on talent alone. I think it's it's kind of this grit and this uh, toughness 
And, you know, there are other players that are certainly more talented than him, but he's had a career because he knows how to fill in the blanks. Without a doubt. And you know what? This year, tough. he's actually having a better shooting season than, than Russell Westbrook, the other possibility we have talked about. Patrick Beverly's hitting 35% of his three-point shots. That's something this team needs. He's going to give you a defensive identity, something this team lacks. Oh boy. So this they, is somebody they that – lack that utterly, David. I mean, he, he will defend the perimeter. He will, you know, hit a, a, a shot when given the opportunity. He's your starter from the first minute he puts on the uniform. He's got to be because you don't have time to waste. You don't have an right, acclimation got, period. Well, you got 23 games? Yeah, 23 games. You've got the most important 23 games of LeBron's life. <laughs> Or, or the equivalent to that. Maybe, maybe that's why he left L.A. No, he was didn't didn't have a choice to leave L.A. No. Where was he traded? The Magic, and they bought Orlando, him out. Yeah, I want to yeah. know what this uh, is going to mean for the corresponding roster move. Who's going to get waived at PBEV's expense? Thank God, they, there's plenty of guys they could waive. It's what, not, what's it's good, but you say that cavalierly, but we have talked about the distinguished gentleman in a way that we respect Gorgon Dragic. Yeah. I, Is he I, gone? I hope not. We'll ask KC. We'll talk to KC at yeah. 7. And I'm worried. Him. It could be the distinguished gentleman. It could be. Because I, I don't know that the veteran point guard is redundant. But they can also... You know, clear out all the Windy City Bulls. I don't think you want to do that. I mean, I know you don't want to do that because you didn't want to even sign it. I want Dalen Terry to get some minutes. I want to see Dalen Terry and Patrick Beverly kind of do some work defensively. You're the only one in America that has that idea. I'm I'm reaching here. I'm grasping here. There's 23 games left. They're in 11th place. Who thought they would be here? You didn't. um, No, I did not. I didn't. Uh, You probably. I did not. I thought they'd be much better than I this. I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be so much better. better than this. Yeah, but I also thought that Lonzo Ball would have a season, a comeback season. Okay. I, I mean, I fair enough. Even up to the point, have they? Have they? Um, have they? Take is he, is he officially done? I don't think they've announced that yet. But they didn't. Not yet. Maybe yeah. they wanted to take care of this. It was a higher priority. Find his okay. replacement and then declare him gone. Yes, but but he's done, right? You're oh, not going to see yeah, him again. You're not going to. Um. So. There's no yeah. doubt about that. We never are going to witness the team we thought we were going to see. No. So this is a different version. And, and frankly, you know, I don't know how much Patrick Beverly has in the tank. And I'm not dissing him. I'm just being honest. I don't know what he has left. Um, and I think, you know, last year there was all sorts of love because they got a buyout guy. And and that was a bad move. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to get overly excited. But I do think they got more competitive because they got a guy that is, you know, a super competitive person. And his most recent track record is that he makes an immediate impact. He changes the the tone of everything you do as a basketball team. He's going to be the guy that guards people and demands that from everybody else sure. uh, who's on the floor with him. Uh, I also think it is cool. You know, Marshall product, born and raised in Chicago, went to Arkansas. We know his story. And I don't know what he – how long he plans to play. But I have to think that at some point in time, this putting on a Bulls uniform meant something. Meant, yeah, yeah, meant something to him. was a yeah. goal of his. So I, this is, this I is something on his bucket list that he can cross off. Yeah, I'm happy about it. I mean, I, I, I think I was unhappy when, when Russell Westbrook decided to go to the Clippers. And, you know, it's a real simple logic to that, right? The guy's in L.A. He's playing for the Lakers. 
I mean, he, you know, went to college in LA. He's from LA. There's an element of hometown to that whole thing. And it doesn't surprise me that he chose to go to a team where he might be in the playoffs and where um, he won't have to uproot uh, anything to, to make that move. So it makes logical sense that he would sign with the Clippers over the Bulls. And if somebody wants to, you know, prove something to whatever audience he wants to prove it, Russell Westbrook chose the right place to do that. Lakers dismiss him, kind of let him go. He mm-hmm. goes to the opposite locker room and right. he's still there in that market so he can make that point. And sure. I, I just think also the Bulls, these are – Russell Westbrook, I think, would have created a huge distraction for, for the final 23 games. Patrick Beverly is more of an injection of energy. And Westbrook might have done the same thing but might have been a little bit more baggage along the way. This is going to be fun because he's a local and there's a lot of elements we've already discussed. I don't know how fun the Russell Westbrook experience would have been. I think it would have been a ton of fun, but you know, not for the reasons that, you know, I don't know that it would have worked or anything. Different narrative, though. It would have been a different narrative. Much different narrative. Yeah, and I, I was for it just because the guy always comes to play. I think Patrick Beverly does, too. I don't think John Wall does. Like, I'm glad John Wall's not the guy. John Wall, back in the day, was like the fastest guard in the league. But the, that day's over, and I don't know how much he wants to play or how much. I, I never got the sense. I got. I always got the sense with him that his, like, sublime talent and his ability to run the floor is why he played, not because he loved the game and had to have, like, you know, a guy like Patrick Beverly – if he had had John Wall's talent, then he'd be in the Hall of Fame. And, and I mean, that's – I'm not joking. He, he, he made up for some of the lack of talent by being the hard-nosed, hard-charging guard that he is. So I, I'm, I'm all for uh, Pat Beverly coming home over John Wall. Like, is there any way that guy – could we could somehow recapture? Well, you something. get the sense that John Wall is hanging on for financial reasons. He's he's somebody who has been well compensated throughout his career. Right, Patrick Beverly too, produced. but he's always been a guy that has he's always produced played like yeah. he's on his last ten day contract. Yes, and he that's, brings that's very it good. every single that. night. Yeah, that's a that's a good way of putting it. Even when he's had a nice contract, he's he's acted as if he was playing for his career every time he's out. Often so, overlooked. That's good. And he's he's going to come to a Bulls team where he must realize how much they need something. You know, they need he's, his shooting. They need his energy. They need his leadership. And uh, I am curious what Zach Levine's reaction will be to this. I, I'm curious to how the other Bulls will respond on the court to this. So we've concluded that Zach Levine is the guy that doesn't compete and that this is the guy that's going to try to fire him up. Is that, I mean, that's kind of what you're saying. That's not my conclusion. I think that's the perception. Okay. Yeah. The I, perception is that this Bulls team is where it's, it is where it is because he, in large part because he has been a different guy since he got paid. Yeah. I don't know that that's a fair perception, but I, I, I think that know, is the perception. I, I, and I agree with you, but I don't know how hurt he was or how bad that. I think was. he was injured. Yeah, I, I think too. he was coming back. I'm saying yeah. that regardless of what you or I may believe, there is a, a perception that Zach Levine's change this year has contributed yeah. to the Bulls being an underachiever. And, and I mean, hey, when whenever the reports are that they're 
that they're arguing or they're going at each other. It's all always guys going after him. So that's kind it of is. interesting. I know. Because of the way that he takes some questionable shots, he's a bad shot taker. He can be a bad shot maker, though. That's why he continues to take bad shots. The one he took the corner three last week against the Pacers comes to mind. But I think that overall, there's been much more to this problem than the changes in Zach Levine. All right, you want to get out your scorecards, um, and uh, it has nothing to do with baseball, but uh, the today's the first day that NFL teams can put the tag on guys. Right? Oh, yeah. The franchise tag means that the Bears can't sign them in free agency. The Bears can sign everyone in free agency. They've got the money to do it, and they've got the need for talent. So they're, we're anticipating that they're going to make some big moves, but – this is a little, this begins the kind of chewing of nails period where we figure out who will be on the market and who will not. Well, we'll talk about it in detail during the pick six, but mm-hmm. I think you're right because free agency is a huge opportunity for a team with over $90 million in cap space. Now, who you can pursue and who you're going to be able to pay, those questions will begin to be answered today, as That's early right. as today, because That's you got right. teams that may want to wait and see, but there also might be teams that act quickly so they can define where they want to go and who they're going to keep. And uh, and if you want to get out your baseball scorecards, there's a lot of fun stuff going on too. Elvis is indeed in the building. He reported for camp after after being the surprise signing by the White Sox. That's good stuff. And, and the Cubs, uh, I mean, you know, say a Suzuki is at the World Baseball Classic, but he's he's uh, head, headlining the chief recruiter. Oh, I like that. He is a yeah. he is the chief headhunter for Tom Ricketts. I, I don't know if that. Tom Ricketts is all for that or not. Th- I don't think Tom knows because yeah, said, uh, nobody told Tom. To, he mentioned those dreaded uh, those uh, that that horrible CBT, the, the competitive balance tax. He mentioned it that yesterday. Yeah, the Shohei Otani budget line item does not you know it's not related to the competitive balance tax yes. because if you are going to go in that direction. You're not going to worry worry about the CBT. By the way, overlooked aspect of what we talked about with the rules changes first mm. for a second. Yeah. You said get your scorecards if you're keeping score, all those things. Like, How will that affect the people who actually do keep score at games, the pitch clock? Have do you thought about faster. that? Do it faster. I no, I don't think – listen, I think, it's, I think it's going to give them more work to do. <laughs> I, I, I think it's going to – you're going to have to write faster. And you know what? That's good by me. I, I remember covering a baseball game. I don't even know what year it was, uh, but I was doing baseball, and I'm out there, and I'm you know dutifully keeping book of everything and making notes to myself because I'm going to be writing a game story off this. And I'm sitting there, and and you know the game is unfolding as a baseball game does, and I I like I'm looking up. I'm like, how did that guy get on third? Where, when did they change the picture? It was all happening at such a slow pace. It unfolded in front of me, and I was, like, mesmerized, See, and I couldn't keep up. That Now you're going to be the opposite. Exactly. You're going to be sitting there looking down yeah. because you're like, okay, what, what, where, for yeah. second base, did what he steal that? What do you mean two runs are in? Because <laughs> there's going to be so many stolen bases. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. There's going to be so much quick action. I hope you're 15 right. seconds between pitches. Oh, my God. Oh my, I, mi- I missed a strike. I missed an out. What are I, you going to do? I think that makes it easier to keep that because, again, you're not going to be lulled into any kind of complacency. You will have to be on your game when you're I hate in complacency. the stands keeping score. Complacency is the energy of pro- is the enemy of progress. Look at you. Is that you, or you want to you want to give attribution? I, don't, I just made that up. Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you, David Hall. By the way, Brandon says that 
is this right? Every team that Patrick Beverly has been on has made the playoffs except for the Clippers in, in 2018? Yep, he made every team he's been on, they made the playoffs except for 2017-2018 season. They, well, at least, they at least made the playoffs. Well, does does play-in count? Play-in does count. Yes. According to, according to Dustin, if you win a play-in game, that's like a series. If you're in a play-in game, you are part of the postseason. You technically made the playoffs, correct? Destino, we need a uh, Dustin does a, I, I, I a ruling here. I just I, I don't think I I don't think I said that. I think I asked a question if we were considering. I think that you said that winning, but I I do think that I do think if you play in the play-in game that you did make the playoffs. Yes, yes I, I do okay. I do believe that, but I don't know that do you, you keep. I don't know that you won a series. Pick. Do you keep your four protected picks? No. No, you made the play-in. No, you made the play-in and the yeah, postseason. So, you're drafting later. so as we sit here this you're morning, not drafting <laughs> February twenty first. You're not drafting at all. You're right. Yeah, you're picking. The Bulls aren't playing till Friday. They made the trade. They'll probably announce it later today officially if they haven't already. Are you predicting that they will make the playoffs? And Patrick Beverly's uh, streak of getting teams into the postseason, we're going to give him credit for everything. Is it going to continue this year? That is a good pick six question for tomorrow. <laughs> I think that we don't want to be giving away today's pick six answers before or tomorrow's pick six answers before we get that question in today. Something but to I will say that I have consistently said they'll be in the plan. I believe I have said that. That was uh, But I also think I that played. yesterday you were starting to hedge a bit because before yeah. they made this move and why you, I think of it. You no, started on. talking tank. Of course I, I was hedging. I you, couldn't believe it. You wanted to pose the question today, and I know it messed up your your pick six questions. You were already you were already to ponder this because before the Patrick Beverly move, you thought, okay, hmm, thirty two percent chance of keeping your top four pick or Making the playoffs, which way would you recommend it? Now it's off the table. It's off the table because they've gone. Yeah, I, I was, declared. In fact, when Dustin at the minute, I, I don't think it was even announced yet. Dustin had the news about Patrick Beverly signing, and um, and he texted that out to us. And my response was, "You just ruined my pick six <laughs> So you're right. I had that as a pick six question because you were proposing. That the that the, the the imaginary draft pick more important than getting to the. I don't plan. think I was proposing that. I think I was eh, wondering out loud. The, you give up the buyout. I don't. I, I didn't Brandon. like the idea of going the buyout market. But of the three players that were under consideration, I am definitely in favor of this one. I think that Patrick Beverly, to me, makes the most sense. It is the most defensible move for the Bulls because of everything. After losing six straight, I don't think that you. Belonged in the Russell Westbrook sweepstakes. It's the most defensible and the most defensive. Brandon, what were you going to say? So right now, odds to make the playoffs for the Bulls, that's the top six teams right yes. now, is 8%. The t- odds for them to get the number one pick right now currently sits at 7.5%. Okay, so they're more likely to win the title, is what you're telling me, than the lottery. That I made that up. That's not what you said at all. They could go on a little bit of a run now. <laughs> you know what? I mean, seriously... Get out! <laughs> you never know. You are not allowed you to say know. that. I need to look at the schedule. They though. lost six in a row. But why else do they you make this move? They brought in a guy who's been caught. He's a buyout <laughs> guy. And now you, you now you got, like, this is the big move. Listen, push. I, I'm looking for some reasons for hope. For anything, anywhere. I don't want to look to the White Sox. I'm looking away, and I'm covering my ears and my eyes. 
I know the Cubs. Okay, great. But you know what? Baseball's a long time away. I gotta have some hope here. I understand everything you're saying about the White Sox, but can we just can we just have like a moment that Elvis has rejoined the team? I mean, isn't that something that you wanted? Isn't that like a nice little turn of? Events? As he was talking yesterday, I'm not in my head. I'm not in my head. Like, okay, thankfully they've got somebody in the clubhouse who gets it. They've got somebody who's speaking with the uniform on. I want to hear from. So this was a good day for the White Sox. Yes, Elvis Andrews. I will give you that. This is okay. a guy who a, a professional yeah. has entered the clubhouse. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand the dark cloud and all that stuff, but I just want to hear Elvis talk because it's fun to listen to. Because you know what? He talks about baseball the way he plays the game, frankly. And he also is honest about what the Sox weren't last yeah. year. But, but I, I mean, we've got to now – the, now the Bulls are going on a roll. I mean, I, <laughs> I said tell you, maybe. Didn't I say maybe? I don't know if I think you want to believe. I think you want to believe that they're capable of going on a run now because (laughs) you have a a week off, you hit reset, and you got PBEV. We're going to find out quickly. Yes. Okay, because here here are their first four games when they get back. Yeah. Home against the Nets. That should be be a win. You can win. You would think you'd got to win that one. Home against the Wizards. That's a win. Should be a win. Not if John Wall's on. Away at the Raptors. Okay. Okay. Maybe you can win that. And game. then away at the Pistons. So None of those four are games that you can think they they, they should win all four of those they, games. They should win three of four. They should be three and one. Pistons might be yeah. good. And then when they, they are. And then they are. French kid. And then they and then they <laughs> welcome in uh, Kevin Durant and the Suns. Oh. On March oh. the third, Friday. Oh, he'll really? Be, he'll he'll be sitting that. Kevin game Durant out. and the Suns are coming to the United Center March third. March third. Let's go. Let's go. Six seventy to score. Let's go. That, let's go, let's Mitch, go, let's that sounds go fun. team trip. That sounds fun. That sounds like a game worth watching. Yeah. What what day is that? It's a Friday. Oh, come on, let's go. Who's in? Show of hands. Are we all in? Dustin? Dustin, you're not showing your hand. Oh, my God. Oh, he's good. He gave, he gave, he gave some, like, Hitler what? salute. I don't know what the hell that was. That's Caesar. I don't know. You're You know, he uh, goes, check like, with he the goes like this. That yeah, I got to check with the boss. Super weird. Somebody else, some, somebody else famously, I have to check with my handler. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. Make sure you're allowed. Do you have a permission slip, son? It's not signed by your parent. All right, we've got to pick six. We're going to pick apart the stories of the day. It's Molly and Hall on the score. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. Do you like the Bulls bringing Patrick Beverly home to Chicago to be a competitive point guard and to motivate their team? Is he better at this point or more competitive than Russell Westbrook, who stiffed the Bulls for the Clippers? Was Beverly the better choice over John Wall? Uh, you know, I think now we're going to do – I think we're all kind of prisoners of the moment, and we're very excited about this, and Thank now you. it makes sense. And we, I didn't say you specifically, you. although the Bulls are going on a roll. <laughs> uh, I, or something along those lines. Yeah. could go on a roll. I'm sorry. We'll have to find uh, out exactly I, what you said. It was incredible. Um, but I do think that, you know, coming home, I mean, I hope, like, Dick Butkus hugs them and they go to they go to Butch McGuire's together. Do you remember that old commercial from back in the day? It was Dick Butkus calling me home, Chicago. And he thinks about Dick, and the next thing you know, he's walking into Butch McGuire's. Uh, yeah, Pat Beverly coming home is awesome, and I think it's cool, and I'm on board with it. I think that, that Russell Westbrook probably would have been the preferred guy since Billy coached him, and they talked about bringing him in first. But I definitely would take uh, Pat Beverly over John Wall. Um, I, I think that maybe maybe in order, Russ, then, then Pat, then, then Wall. Well, here's the thing. Russell Westbrook is a Hall of Fame basketball yes. player. I don't think Patrick Beverly is a Hall of Fame basketball player however as much as I would have liked Russell Westbrook to come here for our sake meaning what we do here from you know 5 30 to 10 o'clock in the morning I think it would have been an unbelievable soap opera to follow for these final 23 games I think it would have been a little bit too much for this team to handle and if the goal really is to make the postseason which is what we've heard from AK and Billy Donovan I think this is the perfect fit I don't think Patrick Beverly wants to come in, in here and be it about Patrick Beverly. I think he wants to come in and show that he can lead. He, he's proud to be a Chicagoan, and I think he wants to help this team get to the postseason, but I think his tact will be different than Russell Westbrook's. And John Wall, no thanks. Okay, a couple things quickly. I think, number one, I don't know if Russell Westbrook really stiffed the Bulls or not. Maybe it was a case of they felt like this was the direction they wanted to go all along. We don't know that. I am assuming that. We, it's safe to assume that maybe he picked the Clippers over the Bulls. But who wouldn't pick the Clippers over the Bulls at this point, given the postseason possibilities? I want to be fair there because the next thing I say won't probably sound very fair. I would rather have Patrick Beverly at this stage of their respective careers than Russell Westbrook. I would rather have the guy that is a – you can count on one thing every night from Patrick Beverly. He's going to bring it defensively. He's going to bring you a court presence. He's also shooting better from behind the arc than Russell Westbrook and might give you more consistency at a spot where you lack it because the Bulls can't shoot the three. Patrick Beverly can. So John Wall, I never really hoped or considered that a realistic possibility. That would have been when I was talking yesterday about staying away from the buyout market. His was the first face and name that popped into my head. That's why you would do that. So, yes, Patrick Beverly is coming back, and I think this is the most ideal scenario 
when you're talking about buyout possibilities. And yeah, I'm a little bit of a prisoner of the moment right now, but why not? No, it's a valid question, uh, certainly on the minds of a lot of people. Voice of Casey Johnson will be with you guys at 7 o'clock this morning talking about Patrick Beverly and the Bulls. And with all due respect to Pat Beverly, do you support David's idea that the Bulls should be playing the young guys and staying out of the buyout market? Is David secretly supporting a tankathon-style tank job for the Bulls? I'm feeling trolled. <laughs> I'm feeling seen but not heard. Okay. Welcome right. to the party, Pat. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Hello, I, know. <laughs> I did say that at the end of the show. I did uh, never, ever say, and Brandon can check the tape until the, the cows come home. I've never advocated tanking. I did wonder if maybe yesterday the Bulls might be better off playing younger players at the expense of going the, the veteran route because of the reality that if you're going – Somewhere you might as well do it or going nowhere, do it with young players that you don't know about. Patrick Williams playing a bigger role, Dalen Terry playing some minutes. But now, I think now you do want to get in and see what you've got. Now you've got to go for it because this is why he's here. Patrick Beverly's not coming here to watch Dalen Terry take his minutes away. He's not coming here to watch Patrick Williams develop an offensive identity and aggressiveness. No, he's coming here to play in the playoffs, to take the, the Bulls to the play in game or wherever they're headed. So, yeah, uh, David's idea maybe not so good at the end of the show yesterday. So I will <laughs> join the trolling and troll myself because now that Patrick Beverly is on board and he's checking that box on his career list of goals, I'm all in too. I don't know that the Bulls were going to intentionally do a tankathon style, but I wondered out loud on this prize segment, but definitely on this show, that they might not be good enough to not end up with a top four pick the way they've been struggling lately losers of six in a row I do think Pat Beverly will inject some enthusiasm into this group and you're going to find out quickly right we talked about the four games right after the break if they don't wake up and win three out of those four they might be headed for a top four pick uh yeah listen I I like that they got uh Patrick Beverly um, I'm glad they got a guard out of that market. I think they need help at that position. I think they've needed help at that position for a while. And um, I think that um, it'll be, I'll be curious to see if there is a, uh, a Tristan Thompson bounce among the, uh, the fans. <laughs> That's quite a comparison. <laughs> I'm just making a joke. I just don't know that we got to, be convinced that this is going to be the you know the Beowulf syndrome. This is the warrior from outside who has come to save all the villagers. Um, I just think that I understand why we feel that way. And frankly, I think that that anybody, any of the guys we've mentioned, would be an upgrade at the guard position for the Chicago Bulls. They've struggled that position all year long. So I'm hoping. That, that the toughness and the defensive mindedness that you get from uh, from a Patrick Beverly, I, I'm hoping that spreads throughout the team. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with a little dash of chili pepper on your food, right? There's nothing wrong with spicing things up a little bit. And that's what this will do. It's been a very bland season, and this will give you a little bit of, uh, of kind of uh, – this is some hot sauce now. This is uh, – 
Give me the hot sauce. And even though you don't like the Beowulf kind of idea, don't you think they had to try to? They had to try something. Change the story. They, I mean, they're just, find a hero. They're not competitive enough, right? So you need somebody that is gonna show up on every. I don't know how well it'll work, and I don't know if it's gonna spread like wildfire. And oh goodness gracious, we have Greek fire. Me Look, either. It's spread everywhere. I, I like the idea though. But I, I guess I appreciate the effort. Well, I mean, they lost six games in a row. I know. They were on the verge of being 500 at one point, and it's it's hard to even remember when that was. That is a pick six. Do you think college basketball, the polls, got it right by moving Northwestern in at number 21? Do you see a chance for the Cats to be a four seed come tournament time, or is it more likely a fifth or a sixth at this point? Are the Cats being punished Mick Cronin style? <laughs> <laughs> Mick Cronin, very angry, feels that uh, UCLA is getting uh, the bums rush from the committee because they're leaving for the Big Ten. I don't know how that applies to Northwestern, but I think Northwestern has been badly done to. I think that they deserve to be higher rated. My fear is that, you know, 21 in in, in the in the one poll, I think 24 by somehow uh, some other measurements. I think we are talking about a a six seed or maybe even a higher seed than that. And I would hope the cats can keep the magic going and they can get into like a four seed. That would be absolutely incredible for them. They are right now uh, second in the big 10, right? So uh, keep winning, just keep winning. And these things will take care of themselves, but it's high time that they're ranked. And number 21 seems a little low to me. Well, if Northwestern wants to earn and prove any doubters that are out there wrong, and there are still plenty of them if you look at social media, go down to Champaign and beat Illini on the home court. I, have, I, I am really pumped up. And I know a lot of the fans of this show and, and Chicago sports fans probably haven't gotten fully invested into college basketball yet. I've watched a handful of games, and what yeah. I have seen, I have been entertained by what I have watched. Um, th- this is a game you're going to want to watch. This is a game you want to fully invest yourselves in on Thursday night because these two teams are going to the tournament. So you want to find out who's who and what's what. And if if the if, if Northwestern wants to tell us and kind of stamp their spot in the top 25, they need to take care of business away from home and do this against the Illini, who arguably are a borderline top 25 team as well. The game means more to Illinois than it does Northwestern. I don't, nah, I don't question know about, about that. that. I, I totally know about that. Okay. They have more riding on it. How can you say that? I mean, Northwestern's won five in a row. What? They're on a roll. If they right, lose the game, if, if they, they lose shrug. The, if, no, I think if they – it depends how they lose the game. They're in if they lose. No, if they get thumped, if they get thumped, people are going to say, eh. They're still in. I didn't yeah, say that. They're, they're in. They but got you, seven, but, but that goes back. Win. That gets into the fourth. You know, we're, we're in the question, a fourth, a fifth. It, okay. it might mean a, Let a, me get to the a double-digit seed. I'll get to the question because, to me – their success aside, there's two things are true. They're one of the most surprising teams in college basketball, nationally, locally, wherever you want to look. This is a team, this resurgence is a national story. That said, I don't see them being much higher than a six seed. If that, I understand why they wouldn't be. There's no faith in Northwestern going deep into the tournament, and there shouldn't be. They, they haven't earned the benefit of our doubt. They haven't earned anything and the respect that, that that they will say they aren't getting and receiving on the on the eve of the NCAA tournament, they will be right.
There's no reason to respect Northwestern basketball. This year has been a surprise. It's been a surprise because they have gone down since being in the tournament for the first time in 2017. So I get why people would doubt them. I'm one of those people who probably do doubt them and will. But I love everything they've done. I love Chris Collins. I think that he's a guy that, you know, you, you root for. He's easy to support. But I'll stand by it, Dustin. Illinois has more to gain and to lose against Northwestern this week than Northwestern. Honestly, it's a question that I've probably spent, you know, I mean, thousands and thousands of hours thinking about. Say Suzuki told reporters Monday he already has started recruiting free agent 2B Shohei Otani, his Japanese teammate in the World Baseball Classic. He is inviting him. <laughs> what do you think? And how much pressure does that begin to put on the uh, chairman, Tom Ricketts? He is inviting him. That was the translator. And that needs no translation. That means that Tom Ricketts is going to have to dig deep if that's a possibility. Start saving now, Tom. Start saving now, budgeting a half a billion dollars for Shohei Otani and the pursuit of a superstar next offseason. This offseason, devoted to intelligent spending. Great. You did that. You brought in more free agents than any other team. Congratulations, Jed Hoyer. You've got a clubhouse full of professionals. You spent over $300 million. That is the definition to me of intelligent spending. Now, next offseason, go crazy. Go crazy. I don't care if the Mets want him. I don't care if the Mariners want him. I don't care who else is in the mix. If you have an opportunity to go out and get a superstar, who now you have a link to that superstar and say a Suzuki, let him recruit on behalf of the Cubs. Let him tamper as much as he can legally. Yeah, you want to be all in on Otani. And if it starts now during the WBC, great. That's a head start that other teams won't have. The Cubs have to be in the mix. I want to be fair here. I'm all for our Chicago athletes recruiting guys to come play in Chicago. So I, I like that aspect of it. At the same time, I do not believe in paying $500 million or half a bildo or whatever, however you want to call it. If nobody's worth that kind of dough. It's ta- you know, I, I don't mind Tom Ricketts spending that kind of money, but on about five players, maybe three, N- not, not one. Okay. And, and guess what? If you if you played a drinking game yesterday, how many times Tom said CBT, you would have needed four Advil by, before you <laughs> went to bed last night, okay? Or you'd have a pounding headache this morning. So there's no shot, okay? There is no shot that Otani is coming here because you're in CBT hell if Otani comes to the north side but of Chicago. But you're in baseball heaven. Well, I think, unfortunately, he's not coming to the south side either because – They've got that Manny Machado contract they're going to be writing, and I don't think they can write two like that. So it's going to be interesting to monitor that. Um, Yeah, we always want guys to be out recruiting. I like the idea, and I don't know if this is a cultural thing, but but making a formal invitation to Mr. Otani to to join the Cubs is very nice, and I I just hope that, uh, that he can pull it off. I mean, who has more sway in these kind of matters. Is it that that layabout Mike Trout that never shows up in Chicago or or uh, Mr. Cobb here who uh, is going to invite a, uh, a countryman? I, I like that. It, I like it, the pull of that. And I love – I just love the idea that he has invited him. And see it's the fantastic. type of respect he would receive in this market. You referred to him as Mr. Otani. That's right. Yeah. We're doing our That's part. That's a question to answer.
Uh, how about Tom o- Rick Cubs owner Tom Rickett saying this about possible extensions? We have a couple guys that we, we'd love to extend, but but you know I also you know if 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 it doesn't work out that's okay too. Uh, sounds like he just like shrugged his shoulders there. Um, any body language experts? So Ian Happ perhaps? <laughs> that's a great quote. 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 Oh, it's wow. hilarious. I don't think he meant it quite as as harshly, and we took it out of context. Mm, you think? But I, I, I mean, look, I, you know, I'm, I'm all for Ian Happ getting a new deal, but <laughs> there's a couple of guys we'd love to extend. But if it doesn't work out, that's okay too. <laughs> I mean, if I, if I'm Ian Happ, I, you know, this is your offer, and you're going to take it, or you're walking. I, I don't. That wasn't quite uh, the invitation that he may have been hoping to receive uh, in terms of a new contract. Shohei Otani plays left field too, right? Is that correct? Ooh. So, he also pitches every fifth day. Yeah, also pitches. But he's not worth he it. Better, well, he be- he he, be- he's he not worth a half a bildo. He, he, he better for half a bildo. Um, if I was Ian Happ, I'd be th- – that would that would create – Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, whatever. You know, I mean, you know, in the second baseman, too. Yeah, whatever. You know, he just, I mean, he's, I think he's going to let, I think if we were putting it back into context, he's going to yes. let Jed Hoyer exactly. take care of that stuff. That's all that means. Right. But it does not come off well. It doesn't come off well if you believe that Ian Happ and Nico Horner are guys you have to have to win a pennant. And whether that, that could be a, 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 that's debatable based on who else. You spent money on this past off season. I like the idea of keeping and retaining both guys. I think this is a challenge for Tom Ricketts and Jed Hoyer. Maybe he didn't want to sound overconfident because you know what? The last time they went through this, they failed. They did not retain guys that they drafted and developed. They let him go elsewhere, and we know how that ended up. So maybe Tom Ricketts is taking the opposite approach now by not sounding confident or invested because you've got to keep these guys in the organization if you want to sustain success. But I think with Ian Happ in particular, their their top three prospects are all outfielders. So you've got to balance what – when Tom's talking about budgetary issues, he's got to – Allow Jed to balance. We have to have this guy versus well. We could. I think it's a really a good point that because of, because of Alcantara and yes. and, and Pete Crow Armstrong yes. and and all of those guys who are waiting in the wings. Brendan Davis, also likewise, they've got some pretty good prospects up the middle. Yeah. So maybe maybe this is the tone they're going to take. I'm just saying that we have learned from past experience the dangers of letting guys you draft and develop leave your organization because. That's how the Cubs got into the mess that they found themselves in the last two seasons. Answer some other question. Mike Florio there. Today is the first day NFL teams can apply the franchise tag to keep one player per team off the free agent market. What name or names will you be watching closest over the next couple of weeks to see if he will be available for the Bears once free agency does begin? Easy for me, there's three names that would be atop any list for Bears fans to keep an eye on. Orlando Brown with the Chiefs. They're probably yes. not going to let him get on the market. I wouldn't either. But if he were out there, he's the number one priority in my mind for the Bears because he could anchor left tackle. Don't talk to me about Braxton Jones. He could play the right side. I like him, but not that much. You love Orlando Brown. Uh, Deron Payne, the defensive tackle for the Commanders. He's a guy that 
you know, they have a lot of defensive linemen to pay, so I think you, it makes you wonder if they're going to tag him, if they're going to keep him, or they're going to let him walk. Keep an eye on his name. And the other one is just maybe my own personal fascination, but I want to know what the Giants are going to do with their franchise tag. Is it going to be Daniel Jones? Is it not going to be used at all? Is it going to be Saquon Barkley? Saquon Barkley is a guy, if they tag him, they pay him around $10, $11 million. If they let him hit the open market, maybe he stays, but it's going to cost him 15 to $16 million. And if he's on the open market, as much as it's not a premium position, I love the idea of the Bears pursuing him because that's a video game in the backfield if you have Saquon Barkley and Justin Fields. I really like what Coach Wanstead told you guys. I don't know if it was the last or second to last time he was on, and his belief is you buy the offensive line and you draft the defensive line. So that being said, it's there's only one name. There is only one, and that's Orlando Brown Jr. Um, now, the key thing going on over there in Kansas City is, obviously, they pay a guy half a bildo, sticking with that theme. And they're also, their right tackle, Andrew Wiley, is also a free agent. So they've got two tackles that they have to figure out what to do. Um, while Orlando Brown is clearly the far superior player, you know, keep an eye on a guy like Andrew Wiley if he was to hit free agency as a guy that might make sense for the Bears. And, oh, by the way, there might be another guy uh, from the Chiefs offensive line that might make sense for the Bears, uh, Nick Allegretti. So um, those are things to keep an eye on. Again, Coach Wanstead, buy the offensive line, draft the defensive line. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think, David, you've got the right names, and I think that it's, um, it's the offensive tackle or the defensive lineman. That doesn't mean you don't draft – Another defensive lineman, but if you got to get better in that group, you need to pay one and buy one, um, in my opinion. The only other guy that I would be looking for very closely is what are they doing with Evan Ingram? Because if mm. you added another tight end, I mean, I'm just looking. There aren't wide receivers out there, but if you added another tight end and you had kind of a two-headed monster there. It's your Kelsey. That would be very interesting. That That's a really interesting idea because it's not an obvious direction you expect them to go if they're trying to make their offense more explosive who adds another tight end right right but at the same time you look at the chiefs and you look at the explosive offenses and you look at the playoffs dallas goddard for the eagles made yeah. a huge catch yeah you've got the travis kelsey example so that's a very i think he bobbled that ball <laughs> but I, i'm just joking but he dragged the foot. He's very yeah, graceful. Exactly. Yeah. But the idea of Engram is is, uh, is compelling only because it's not something you would expect them to do, and he might be more affordable than some of these other options. You you if 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 Orlando Brown is there, you have to go. you have to go. You've got to be all in, and you have yep. to buy your offensive line. That's a good way to put it. And Dave did make a really good point on that. All right, 312-644-6767 is the number. We're going to get to all your calls. We do have the extra point next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 the score. Do you like Elvis Andrews even more after he explained his return to the White Sox by saying? I love him, man. Uh, you know, I spread the interest, you know, last year towards the end. Uh, saw myself, you know, really playing back for a full year. I think that the joy that I have for a month, I, you know, I want to be able to, you know, stretch that feeling for six or, you know, close to seven, eight months. So, you know, I think it was a, it was an easy decision, you know, towards the end for me to come back. 
Now, Andrews did have other options. Was it as simple as Andrews suggested? Well, I think that he waited as long as possible because this is somebody who has 14 years of big league experience. He's played 1,947 games, and they've all been at shortstop. He's a shortstop. He was waiting for an opportunity somewhere to play shortstop. I get that. The White Sox were willing to wait it out as well. They got him at a bargain basement price. This is somebody who is on the clearance rack, and I get why he would be there because a lot of teams don't want to pivot and go to a 34-year-old opening day shortstop to try to win this year. So a lot of factors contributed to why he was still on the market when he was. Bottom line is the White Sox, their two best players last year or most consistent contributors uh, besides Jose Abreu were guys who were accidental White Sox, Johnny Cueto and Elvis Andrews. So it doesn't matter how they got there. The fact that he arrived is the story. And I think that he's honest about his expectations. He's also very honest about the what the Sox, the state of the clubhouse when he arrived and what was lacking last year. And I think what he will provide this season, leadership, direction. He's the smartest player probably in that clubhouse right now. So he elevates their baseball IQ. Maybe he's got a little bit of pop left in his bat. And we know, regardless of whether it's shortstop or second base, the way the rules are now, he's going to be a plus defender. So, yes, this is a smart move for everyone. Like everything he had to say, this was finally some good news for the White Sox. This is good for the team over at 35th and Shields. I just wish because of the price point and because we all can see how important that second base was going to be under these new rules. I just wish that had gotten done sooner. Like, it would have been great to know. And he said he took a little bit of grounders at second in the off. But, like, if he would have known all offseason that he was going to be the second baseman for the Sox, how many more ground balls and, and, and you know, doing the turn and all of that do you think he would have done? And didn't Ozzie Guillen, we, we could look for this audio, didn't Ozzie Guillen tell this show that Elvis Andrews is the best shortstop for the White Sox? I think he did. It, it, I think I asked him directly about Tim Anderson or Andrews at, at shortstop, and he said Elvis was the guy. Best shortstop. Yeah. And, and do you think if, if there's any issue with Tim's defense, do you think there's a, a switcheroo in the works, or could that really upset the clubhouse? You, you need to stick out of White Sox business, Dustin. Um, I, it's a good question, Dustin. And, and I, it I, is a good question. But I don't know. I don't know that Tim would improve with the move, and I don't know how that would impact him. And that, he is the star of the team. That's the issue, isn't it? Yeah. The, the issue isn't so much about Elvis. It's about, you know, it, Elvis Andrews is 34 years old, right? So he is – it's great that he wants to come back and play another season. And, frankly, um, he was like – he got a hero's welcome. I mean, people appreciated the way the guy played and the way – I, I don't blame him for wanting to come back. There was a there was a lot of worship of that guy. And I, I mean and he deserved it. I mean, we hadn't seen a smart ball player on that team in a while, a defensive guy. You know, we've seen a lot of players come through town, but for the love of God, you know, they they tend to play like these big burly I mean, this say what you want, I think he's gonna play a better second base than Jake Berger. God bless him. So I'm I'm and, really pleased that they got a player like and fans this. embraced him. 
Yes. It was like every yes. night was Elvis night. It really was. And and I think there's there's a ton to like about him, and it has made the White Sox uh, immediately a more likable team. And they need that likability because there's a lot of unlikable going on. Also smarter. And I he's, think he's the kind of player that Pedro Grafol wants to have in the lineup on a regular totally basis. Totally agree with you. I, I think it's really it's a good move for a lot of different reasons, but – I, 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 for one, am pleased, and I, I didn't know that it would be as simple as this to make me feel like, oh, well, maybe this does work. Well, I'm, you, know, I'm, you can't really go into a season without a second I'm delighted by that. Right that that's a good turn of events there. So I think, though, what Dustin alluded to is interesting. We shouldn't just dismiss it because how, how interesting is that dynamic? If Elvis Andrews and Tim Anderson, on one hand, we're saying that it doesn't really matter shortstop and second base because they're very similar positions now with the band shift. On the other hand, there is a there is a difference in terms of stature. Tim Anderson, if there wasn't a difference, he might be more willing to move to second base. Certainly financially in the marketplace, shortstops are paid better. Do you think that is going to be an issue at any point this year? Who's the better option at shortstop? I do not personally because I think it's a non-starter. I think that, you know, Tim's the star of the team and he's the shortstop on the team and it's not something where he's going to get beaten out even if he's kicking the ball around. And I think that, you know, likewise, the uh, the one-year $3 million deal tells you exactly Everything. what the status of uh, of uh, Elvis Andrus is. And it's, it's, it's fun and it's great and we're all pleased about it, but that doesn't give him more gravitas than the than the young star shortstop he's not he's not going to be a guy as popular as he is he's going to supplant the face of the franchise exactly and i think that is true but there are going to be days where tim anderson might kick the ball around as you say and you might wonder like oh boy i i i'm not going to even entertain the question okay and i don't think they are either I but, I mean, if it went on for a month, I, I'm, I'm not asking the question as much as Ozzy Guillen raised it when we asked him that directly. So don't try to blame me for this one. No, it, you're you're running with it after the, the <laughs> stirrer of the pot that was started Dustin. it. That's my that was point. Dustin. He so lit the match. Dustin tried to, you know, create turmoil, and you ran with it. He lit the match. And I fanned I'm, the flames, and you got the extinguisher. And I'm just asking if I could just have one day where I didn't have to worry about all the horrible things that are in the world, and I could just appreciate one single moment for <laughs> You're one badly day. oppressed. I know. I'm sorry. I am. Damn, it's the Irish thing. It's, uh, I, I, honest to God, me and McCrona. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Mullion Hall on the score. I love it, man. Uh, you know, I spread the interest. You know, last year towards the end, uh, saw myself. You know, really playing back for a full year. I think the the joy that I have for a month. I, you know, I want to be able to. You know, it's to stretch that feeling for six or, you know, close to seven, eight months. So, you know, I think it was a, it was an easy decision, you know, towards the end for me to come back. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. That is the voice of Elvis Andrews, who has re-signed with the Chicago White Sox and, uh, and had a great month of the season when he arrived. And he said he wants to stretch that out and, um, and I think everyone that watched him play last year feels good about that. And it's certainly nice that the Sox got a guy 
who is as heady, as, you know, savvy as Elvis Andrews, who plays the game the right way. And uh, he's a professional. And he's going to be their second baseman. He's going to be their second that baseman. helps a ton. And he just made Pedro Grafol a lot smarter. Yes, he Because did. he is sneaky good on the bases, even though at 34 years old he doesn't have the speed that a lot of other guys will, but he'll steal a base. What was he, 11 of 11? Like? Yeah. That's crazy. He's very efficient. Give me the yo. Dude. He'll take the extra base. The he'll know where to go with the baseball. He will, he'll, he'll be the cutoff man you want to hit. He'll yes. be everything that you hope that your smartest player will be. And I think that defensively, he is an asset. And so last year when he came in August, he came known for his glove. Now, he, he had some pop in his bat that the White Sox appreciated as well. But it, he was so he was, he was playing in that pitcher the pitcher's uh, field in in uh, Oakland. So when he shows up, you didn't expect anything. And he, he as you as you say, there was pop in the bat. He welcome did to hit the band better. box. You, you know he had some home runs left in him. And but I think he's known for his defense more than anything, which is why going back, I think it, it's a valid question, but we need to ask it and answer it so we get it out of the way. Ozzie Guillen, our guy was on with us last September. I think it was September 7th we're going to hear yes. here where we asked him about, well, you know what? All things being equal, if Tim Anderson comes back, he's back. And Elvis Andrews is there, he's back. Who is the better shortstop? Elvis Andrews is a better player. He's never will be better player than Tim Anderson. But he's a better shortstop? Yes, by a lot. He's a better leader? Yes, by a lot. You can see a well, leader on the field. I don't know off the field. I never see anything on the field, but on the field you can see you go out and talk to the to the pitcher. He's the first one in the mound. He's the first one to control the infield. Uh, and it's, it, unfortunately, in this town, when you go talk about shortstop, <laughs> you better bring your table because I'm, I'm was the best shortstop in this town for a long time. And and it's one thing about it one, because Chuck got What? I said yes. I'm not talking about players. Talking playing shortstop, the position what this guy can bring to the table to, to that position. Now, when it's coming, obviously this is, you know, you, uh, this is uh, something you have to think about it because obviously it is the uh, Tim Anderson position. It's just you no know, doubt about it. We'll be back in shortstop. But if every Andrew was, I think, is younger, I will think about it. I will think about, say, hey, T.A., you got to move somewhere and see what happened, but uh, talking about position, playing shortstop, every Sanders is way better shortstop than T.A. Yeah, and, and again, if he were 10 years younger, you'd have a conversation. But the reality is that he's going to be able to slow down the game and go talk to the pitcher and do all that stuff from second base. He can still do that there. Easily. Yes, yeah. he will. I, I'm not arguing with that, and I just think it's an interesting backdrop to everything that's going on and something to keep in the back of your mind because you hope the White Sox are sound defensively, sound fundamentally. You're grimacing. I, I just, we're not allowed to have nice things. We, we I, can't even, I, we can't even have one day I know, I love it. without I love the you signing. creating this I love the horrible, signing. Tim's I, in a slump and I, he can't <laughs> hit. And so He's kicking the ball around. You got to make a move. Like what? Okay, what the positive the way to look at it. This is not a distraction. This is not any. It, but you can't ignore that. He said it on our show, so he that's why I'm bringing it up. If he were ten years younger, you'd have a conversation about it. Okay, he's also the short. if You're Tim Anderson if if Tim Anderson gets injured, you have a you have support behind him. You have depth, so that's good. 
Thank you. You can have nice things. No, I'm not allowed to have nice things because Dustin wants to. Oh, didn't uh, you heard the man say? That's my job as a producer. I'm just reminding you that there was a comment made on this show by our White Sox expert. Expert. Okay, the World Series manager. Okay. That he believes Uh, that he believes if if Elvis Andres were ten years younger, you'd have a conversation. I, I think here. I'll just do what I also do. I think he said that to be nice. Ozzy? Yeah, I mean, he went out of his way to say it's it, it's 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 TA's position, but yeah, it is TA's position. The but, beginning of a season, you want to establish roles, and that is what they're doing now, and that's why Elvis Andrews was available because he wanted his role to be everyday shortstop. Wasn't available somewhere else. Came back to the White Sox, where he is appreciated. Fits and butts were candy and nuts, buddy. Every day be Christmas. <laughs> I, it's it's a good story. It's a positive it's development. A, this is no, Finally. it's not. No, it's no, not. It is. It because is because now the good story, the fact that they've resigned the guy, has turned into. Now should he be replaced? No. Him? Why no. don't we blow up the infield? Why don't you make finally get a trade going? And and you know Tim Anderson, his contract's pretty damn good. It is very yeah, team okay. friendly. Very team friendly. Yeah. And you should be happy that you have a guy like that, and you should be hoping, and, and I would imagine, given his speed, given the way that he can uh, can generate movement on the bases, I would imagine that Tim is going to be even more dangerous with a slightly larger base. That will benefit him as much as anybody on the team. So I think he's going to be – a really good, dangerous weapon. I think we all know that he had some distractions last year as well as injury, and I'm expecting a big year from him because he had a big year the year before. Last year, bad year for Tim Anderson, fair enough. But uh, but the fact is that Elvis Andrus was brought in because Tim was hurt, and the idea that now you sign the guy to a one-year $3 million deal to replace your, you know, if you have a franchise player, it's probably Tim Anderson, right? It's not. It, it could be Luis Robert. Same, same question it though. It could be injuries. Okay, but I mean, should Tim move out and replace uh, uh, Luis Robert because he's got the speed and he can? I, I mean, no. He's your shortstop. Yeah. The other guy's your center fielder, and this guy was brought back to be your second baseman. He was brought back to be Let's the second enjoy baseman. That. Okay, we can yeah. enjoy that. All right. I, I think it, uh, it also just you hope that Tim Anderson has a bounce-back year. He's due. He's on a long list of guys who need to stay healthy. If he stays healthy, there's no debate. If he stays consistent and he's, he's uh, the guy you, you just described, there's no debate. With, with uh, Elvis Andrews back and playing second base, Think about how good you are up the middle of the field. Just like the Cubs. Okay. Now you have two shortstops. You've got two shortstops and you got a center fielder. Mm-hmm. And it's strong up the middle. You're very strong up the middle. Now I'm worried about the catching position. And I'm not sure where Grandal is at. at let's this keep it positive. His career. Let's, I'm stay just po- saying. let's stay positive. But that's when you're you talking keep it about positive. up the middle. Yeah, oh, no, you have already <laughs> destroyed any positivity no, that I was feeling. I did no, not kill your buzz. We had we had like this crisis Still with buzzing. the White Sox over okay. whatever. You know what? Let's keep it positive. Let's talk Bulls. Yes. Let's talk Patrick Beverly. What exactly does he bring? How will he be deployed? And how quickly will they become 
um, a playoff team. Boy, that's okay. <laughs> now that's that's pushing the positivity a little bit. There we well, go. We got Casey Johnson. He'll join us next. Mully and Hall on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.